0: Welcome to Discovering Our Very Best podcast with Chris Conley and Deb Ellis. Stay tuned after this message from our sponsor. With all the headlines, are you wondering if your retirement savings will last? The market's ups and downs can keep you guessing, especially if you're approaching retirement or considering it. Your Edward Jones advisor, Daryl Olson, can help. If you have more questions than answers about what's next, you can work together to help ensure you're prepared for your journey. After all, retirement isn't the end of the trek, it's a new beginning. Stop by the office at 125 South Main Street in Fountain, Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, Member SIPC.
1: Welcome to Discovering Our Very Best podcast with Chris Conley and Deb Ellis. The goal of this podcast is to share thoughts, stories, and ideas enabling you to become all that God created you to be. Always remember, when there is hope in the future, there is power in the present.
0: Hey, this is Chris Conley, and I'm here with Debbie Ellis. We're going to do part two of Holy Moments. In this section, it's Holy Moments Explained. So, to start off that chapter, they talk about the story of the Good Samaritan, and it's probably one of the most well-known right. stories of our time. On page thirty-four, it actually say, "Anytime someone goes out of his or her way to selfishly help others, especially a stranger who's in need, we refer to that person as a Good Samaritan." And even the secular media outlets use this term. So, right.
1: right. When you talked about like the Good Samaritan, I think it's interesting because. Right before we started this podcast, we met Angie's husband, Tom, and he drives for RTC. And just revealing the people that he works with and the people that he talks to and the stories that he has, what he does and he listens and he becomes friends with all of these people. That's a good Samaritan. Right. And that's part of his volunteer work. And he gets pleasure out of it. But I'm sure... A lot of those weigh on him too because yeah. it's it's all about caring for others
0: and, and it's a holy in, moment too right it is yeah. and
1: putting yourself out there instead of your self-interest you're focusing on on another person on page 35 the author goes on to say how to fill your life with holy moments and i think all of us can think of holy moments other people are involved with holy moments we're involved with how we help people as a good samaritan But I'm going to just highlight what he mentioned on how to fill your life with holy moments. A holy moment is a single moment in which you open yourself to God. You make yourself available to him. You set aside personal preference. You set aside self-interest. And for one moment, you do what you prayerfully believe God is calling you to do. And I think that he... Kind of expands on each of those parts. But when you put it all together, it's really kind of a beautiful statement on what we can do for holy moments and how we can help other people right. and how God calls us to do it if we listen. And I it, think that's key.
0: And, and we're all capable. You know, he goes on to talk about that. One of the things that I liked, he mentioned, he said, God almost never chooses the most qualified. And I can think of so mm-hmm. many examples of that. There's a Facebook meme I remember where the Titanic sunk and it was built by experts. Noah built the ark, you know, but oh, right. God was behind that right. instruction. And, you know, it goes on and on. And there's mm-hmm. so many times like David was the least of his brothers and he was picked to be the king of Israel. So right. I remember hearing someone say one time that when God, many times he chooses the least because in that way people see his Mm -hmm. They know it came from God, you know. Type because
1: you look at David, you look at Moses; they aren't people that we would have on a resume chosen for those. Well, the people,
0: the people that they pick Saul because he was tall and good looking, and Mm -hmm. and look how he, you know, he started off okay, and then he kind of got into himself. Right, the self-interest part. You're right; Right. it can
1: be, it can be your enemy for sure. Right, that's a good point.
0: I've heard this story before. He talking about addicts on page 39. He said, "Alcoholics in recovery are taught not to think about never having a drink again, but they're encouraged to live life one day at a time. One day
1: at a time. Yeah, right.
0: And uh, you know, I've heard people introduce themselves that I'm a I'm a recovering alcoholic. I haven't had a drink for 380 days or mm-hmm. or a thousand days. They can name and, it. Yeah, they can name it. And and I think that's good for us to take mm-hmm. that one day at a time because we're all going to fall. Mm-hmm. And you know, we're talking about holy moments." But there's all times that we may do something that we know wasn't holy, but we can come right. back from that, you know.
1: And I go back to when you think of life's messy, like his right. other book, life right. is messy, and our life isn't like a color within the lines exercise. That would be a lot easier. It isn't. Right. There, there aren't the parameters, and there isn't a right or wrong answer. We have choices, and I think mess is inevitable, and it's it, it's unexpected, but it's all part of our part of our lives, and There's a lot of broken people, a lot of broken relationships, um, broken institutions. We even talked about the world being broken. Mm -hmm. But I think with God and with hope, we can take it one day at a time, as you mentioned, Chris. I think that's very important.
0: You know, in our case, we're both retired. Yes. Both our families are basically raised. They're Mm -hmm. on their own. Mm -hmm. But at the same time, have you ever been drug into anything that's going on in their life? You know? Oh, right. Not to put you on the spot. Well, I
1: don't even know if we're drug in. <laughs> I, maybe I interject myself too much. It might yeah. be the opposite. But right. right oh, Their troubles are our troubles. It still hurts. Yeah. Right. right. I remember when, oh, somebody had a child that was born and they made a comment and my husband was the one that answered. And she said, oh, my gosh, you know, our life has changed for 18 years. And Pat said. Mm-mm. it's not 18 years. No. That's not the end. No. <laughs> the problems get bigger and they get harder right. and tougher to
0: right.
1: help them through it. In fact, that's interesting because I had mentioned to you earlier about a really powerful question I had read. In fact, it was Matthew Kelly who said when his teenage children would leave, you know, drive off, they. he said, I didn't say like, don't do this, be in by 11, da-da-da-da-da. Right. He said, we didn't give those rules. And I think this is a very powerful question that we can ask anybody at any time and his question what he would pose to his teenage children were will that help you become the best version of yourself Mm -hmm. when you have a choice to make tonight think Mm -hmm. will that help you become the best version of yourself and i think any choice in life if i would pause and ask myself that i would have made a lot oh my gosh probably the majority of my choices would not be what i chose yeah because it isn't making me the best version of myself. Mm. But I wasn't a smart parent. I said, <laughs> be home by 11. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I just nagged at him. So, oh well.
0: you know, I've said before, I think I've learned more about parenting skills after my kids are gone, you know, oh. because mm-hmm. I really didn't, didn't have the time or the interest in reading material or hearing other people's stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, sometimes you feel like, you well, know, mom and dad did it this way. It's a learn by, as time example yeah. right yeah.
1: exactly exactly and I have appreciated ways that they have chosen to rear their children that I didn't think mm-hmm. of but they maybe read the books
0: yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that was probably part of it well when I was looking on page 42 Chris they had everyday examples of holy moments and I think these categories they list are pretty much Universal like health, marriage and family, work, spirituality, home life, finances, friendships, recreation, community, and personal growth. Uh, that covers just about everything. yeah. And it reminded me of your book, The mm-hmm. Eight Facets of Life. And could you just just give me the eight that you hit in yeah. that book?
0: Yeah, they're, they're they're basically there. It started off with personal development and then I had family, relationships and health. and then I had work and joy for hobbies and uh, finance and then spiritual so Mm -hmm. he picked up a couple extra like community i kind of would throw into relationships Mm -hmm. and recreation maybe into hobbies but but yeah they're 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 there right and
1: i I thought that was it reminded me of your book when Mm -hmm. i saw that on page 42 there was a story that you had just talked about if you could share that from the book
0: yeah he gives us some examples of everyday examples of holy moments Mm -hmm. and he starts off with john miller discovered his neighbor's house Hadn't had his oh, yard. Married. right. You know, so many times I'd have to admit that I've probably looked at that and said, well, he's got kids. Why aren't they mowing it? You know, but the holy moment is just get up and do it yourself. It's mm-hmm. it's that once again saying holy moments are active, not passive, you know. Right. Um, we can't just be that judge to say, why can't someone else help me? Maybe that's our opportunity to do it.
1: Absolutely. And then kind of piggybacking on when we were talking about parenting, kind of off the script yeah. there. There was a story on page 45 that kind of jerked at me, my soul, and made me a little teary-eyed, but it starts with, Lillian Lopez thought she was going to lose her mind over her teenage daughter's attitude and behavior. Um, I bet she isn't the only person that's (laughs) gone through that. And she had prayed for months asking God to do something, but it turned out that God wanted Lillian to do something. And that's just like what you said. We can pray on it. We can think, why doesn't someone else do it? Is mm-hmm. it going to change? Well, God's got to help us. And maybe God's saying, you have to do it. You need to take the bull by the horn and, and take care of things. So her, what she decided to do was on a Sunday morning, she woke her daughter up and she said, hey, get yourself ready. We're going to leave in 20 minutes. We're going to go to your favorite breakfast spot and you know just chat. And I'm sure the teenage daughter wouldn't be too happy about that if it was early in the morning. Right. But anyway, she got her daughter to the restaurant. And of course, the daughter said, Well, what are we doing this for? What it's all about? And she said, I'll tell you when we get there. So, Lillian, the mother, had bought two leather bound journals, you know, a couple weeks before that, and she tucked those away. They went to the restaurant, and after they had ordered, she pushed one of the journals over to her daughter's place at the table, and she said, This is a book for you. And of course, the daughter said, what for? You know, what am I going to use it for? And she said, it's the book of your life. And it's a place to write your hopes and dreams, a place to plan, and somewhere to doodle when doodling is what best helps you think about your future. And I guess her daughter's eyes filled up, you know, with tears, and it really moved her. And it was Hmm. like a holy moment just right there. It happened. And then the mother asked her daughter, so what are your dreams? And then they talked, she said, for almost two hours Hmm. about what. And they probably... If they'd been fighting and there probably wasn't much communication between them, but that moment just kind of broke the ice and the daughter opened up and talked about her hopes and dreams for her life. And then after they had talked, the daughter said to her mom, well, what's the second journal for? Why, Why did you bring that? And the mother said that it's mine. She said, that's my book of life and it's time for me to start dreaming again. And I yep. thought that was neat. They were going to do it together right. to look at their because dreams never stop, no right. matter what age, and yep. you need to explore your wishes and what you want to do. And
0: again, she's she's being active, not passive, in saying, "Hey, we're going to go, we're going to do this," you know. And the kids may say, "Why to do it?" But right. eventually, they enjoy having that opportunity. You exactly, know? something that you always probably look back yes. on.
1: this is a personal part, but my granddaughter Lydia, who is now seventeen, and she was our first granddaughter. She, for Christmas last year, and you've probably seen this done commercially, but she is doing it herself. Her gift to me was each week on Sunday, she sends me a question. Like it might be, what was your first job? How did you like it? Questions? Oh, there's so many questions. You know, what is your, what is your favorite thing to do? Even questions that say like, if it was your last meal, what would you choose to have for your last meal? But each week I get a, on Sunday, I get a question and it comes in a email and then I answer her and she's going to compile them all herself and put it together like a book about her momo, yeah. me and different. And I thought this is so neat because there's questions like she said, how did you meet Pat?
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And you know, kind yeah. of like, why did you fall in love and things like that? It's just so interesting. And I cannot wait to see the finished product. I know that's, that sounds very like all about me, but it is all about me, but just that we're interacting. And Mm -hmm. she says, Momo, I'm finding out things about you that I never knew. And I thought I never did think about sitting down and talking about it. And then was it three weeks ago? It was so cute. We decided to do a triathlon together and it was so fun to do that. We did it in Lima with my granddaughter and just hmm. we practiced a couple times. We should practice more. But anyway, it was a great day and we finished together. Well, she she was really finished ahead of me and she came back and picked me up. Yeah. But anyway, so we finished together and it was just like that was her first one. Right. And she'll always remember it, that she did it with her 70 year old
0: grandma. <laughs> I, I've seen books like those that are made that kind of prompt you to right. find it would an be answer, very and it's similar. for your grandchildren or whatever. You
1: know? mm-hmm. Yeah, Very so, similar.
0: A guy that I follow on podcast, he talks about at their holidays, instead of just watching football or whatever, mm-hmm. they always have some family time that his wife has a, a list of canned questions, and everybody oh. gets an opportunity to discuss. I have seen those yeah. too,
1: like at the dinner table yeah. and you pick right. one, right? Yeah. because you do learn things. Yeah about yep. that you think you know someone quite well and mm-hmm. you don't know every single right. aspect of it. Well, that was kind of off the record. Right. But it made me think of it when sure. I read that story.
0: One of the stories that I liked was uh, he talked about Joan Beisner worked at a greeting card company. Oh, and, I like And uh, mm-hmm. she had the idea that a few miles so away cool. was a prison mm-hmm. and it had 400 men there. And she would ask if they could take some of her greeting cards. Mother's Day was coming up and uh, get them to the men to send their... Uh, mom's a Mother's Day card. And she thought probably at least half of them will do it. So she asked for 200 cards and she got it. And when she went to the prison and started discussing, she found out that that wasn't near enough. And as an example, she met one man who said, can I have two? And she said, well, sure, but why is that? And he said, well, my mom wasn't a real good mom. I was raised by my grandma. I want mom to know I still care for her, but I want grandma to get the accolades as well. Aww. And she said, by the time she was done, they had mailed 657 cards because that same pattern had happened time and time again with other men in their lives. So they were hoping for 50% participation. They wound up with like 180%. Isn't so that wonderful? That, I lo- that love that story too. Just
1: a, And I've never thought of that. What a great idea to yeah. do. And yeah. anyone can do it. Like right. you said, just starting it and right. it builds in the momentum. Right. That's, that's, that's a great story. I like that one too.
0: Were there any other ones that you wanted to share?
1: There was... <laughs> There was one, I know when I read it on page 48, and I just wrote me beside it because it's me. Tony Harris discovered something about himself. He is a very impatient listener. He constantly finds himself wanting to jump in, interrupt, and make a Mm -hmm. point. And I do that all Mm -hmm. the time. And so for the past four years, it said he has been consciously trying to become a more patient listener. And I thought, ooh, I, I know I do that. And so I will sometimes try, but I, I fall back into the old pattern. And so just by focusing on changing, like one horrible habit you develop over your life, you can find more patience with anybody, your your wife, your husband, your children, colleagues, partners, you know. Right. So I think it's just a little thing, and it makes a huge difference right. in your life.
0: Right. Well, if we go ahead, the next section, why do holy moments make us so happy? Mm-hmm. You know, he, just, he says feeling good is an amazing thing. It shouldn't be our goal, but it does have its purpose, you know. Mm -hmm. And he talks about the—I've heard of the serotonin, dopamine, and oxytocin, you know, before. Mm -hmm. But he just gives a little bit of knowledge on that, how it affects the chemicals in our bloodstream, you know, and and makes us feel good.
1: And I was thinking along those same lines that I would guess that everybody has some degree of stress or unhappiness or anxiety in their lives, Mm. if not— Wow, give yeah. us your secret, please. Right. But those emotions of stress and happiness and anxiety, they're not always bad things because they're kind of proof that we're human mm-hmm. and that we aren't aren't perfect. And I think they can come to us as messengers to kind of tap us on the shoulder and say, hey, you need to align yourself. You're, you're slipping. Those are all parts of you that are slipping and you need to realign. You need to pray to God that those bad emotions or or those downers in life Mm -hmm. don't become a pattern. And I I believe in holy moments, we talk about that, that do something good for someone and it raises your spirits so much as well. I think it's important.
0: And there's times, I think, when we go through something that maybe we're going through it and we didn't handle it right, but maybe we can share that experience with someone else so that they handle it right. Oh, that's a good idea. Right. You know, I heard a minister Mm -hmm. one time tell me she was giving a sermon And she had confessed something that she dropped the ball on and she really broke down. And, Mm -hmm. you know, I talked to her later and I said, maybe the whole purpose of you going through that was Mm -hmm. so that it didn't happen to us, you know, and that seemed to lift her spirits a little bit. But the example was she was at a grocery store and there was a person from another country buying groceries and they didn't have enough money to cover what they needed Mm -hmm. and the cashier was doing everything in her power to explain. And, and as they'd take one thing away, no, no, I need that. You yes. know, take. And she said, why didn't I just step up and say, here's $10 extra? You know? Correct. And she said, it, I just watched. And mm-hmm. she dropped the ball. You know. Mm-hmm. But again, I say, well, maybe that happened to you. And you told us so that we won't freeze like a deer in the headlights if it happened to us. We'd be Correct. one that would step up and, you know.
1: Right. So, I know that happened to me, oh, it was probably three or four months ago. And I was behind was at Community Market, and the gentleman, I th- he had his granddaughter, I think, with him. And and the same thing, he was trying to decide. And I looked, and all of the items he was getting were important. I said, I'll just pay for the whole thing, you know, the whole bill. And he was so appreciative. And then he started telling me the story of why he was in that situation, wow. and he was raising his granddaughter. And and I said, no, you don't have to tell me the story. No. I'm just glad that I was here to help you. And it, it's true. And I think it's all— Good, God puts us in those places so that we can appreciate what we have. Right. You know, we can give a charge card. We don't have food stamps. And I just think there's a reason. There's yeah. a reason for us being there. Right? right.
0: Towards the end, then we get to page 56. He talks about your tidal wave of goodness. And he mentioned every act of goodness triggers more goodness. You know, oh, and I thought right. of that ripple effect. It you is. know, you throw that stone and how that ripple, right. you know, goes out. Exactly. Um, mm-hmm. I'd heard someone say one time that. Depression is real, but you can't be grateful and depressed at the same time. And he wasn't trying to downplay depression, but he was just right. saying, when you f- get that feeling down, if you just start thinking about all the things you have going for you, you know, like, oh, absolutely. Just last the week, gratitude. last week we had a flat tire and uh, we went to get it fixed. And the guy said, by law, I'm not allowed to fix it because there's not enough tread. Oh. And I hadn't even paid any attention, but all four tires needed replaced. Yes. And, and like you said, we were in a position, we'll just, Get four new tires, you know. And some people would say, Well, I'm gonna to have to do without my medicine or I'm gonna to have to, you know. Right. So oh. there, we have a lot of things to be grateful for, whether Absolutely. no matter what's going on in our life.
1: Right. Lately, I I guess as I'm getting older, I really appreciate living in a small town and a community. I mean, I always have, but as I've gotten older, I just think you don't have the traffic. You can get from point A to point B in Belfountain in ten minutes, no matter where you're going. Yeah. And a couple of weeks ago I had a medical issue come up and all I could say the whole day was, thank you to my doctor, thank you to Mary Routine Hospital. Everything is so fast. It's like they run the blood work, they got the results back in an hour, they did x-rays, they did CAT scans, and within eight hours, the doctor had diagnosed, helped me, got my medicine, and I thought, you, uh, maybe I'm wrong, but I don't think you could do that in Dublin or Columbus. Yeah. I mean, there's just, just to even get to the all the different places, but being in a small town really... There's so many holy moments to be thankful for. Sure. It's just great. I would like to jump back when we're talking about, Chris, you mentioned ways we can help others and the holy moments that we we can generate, like Mm -hmm. what we talked about, people that are in need, or or even the people that stop to help you Mm -hmm. with your your tires or Mm -hmm. the people that help us anywhere. And our Bible study group is doing Dr. Jeremiah's study on james the book in the bible and he talks about the relationship between faith and works and from james 122 be doers not just hearers and i think that kind of alludes back to what you said was it someone at church mentioned i wish i would have done something i heard it i saw it but i didn't do anything and i i think that's true that there is that connection between faith and works because as followers of christ It is said you don't get to heaven by your good works. But if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, you're going to want to be like Jesus Christ, and you're Mm -hmm. going to want to reach out and help others, and all that helping, those are holy moments.
0: Right. And again, it goes towards that ripple effect again. Exactly. I think once you do something, you're going to want to do more. Oh,
1: absolutely.
0: Yeah. I think one key part there, this part two ends on page 59, I had highlighted, but the unholy moments of our past don't prevent us from creating Mm -hmm. holy moments in the future. True. I think that's so so powerful. Yeah, powerful. Because we can't beat ourselves up over what happened yesterday because we can't do anything about it. No. But we can make sure that today and the future days are better.
1: Right. It's so true. It is so true.
0: Did you have any other thoughts on uh, part Um, two?
1: Going back to the beginning, it's just like we had said, you need to have the ability to put things in perspective in the past. Just hold on to maybe good things. Don't remember bad things and Mm. live for today with the vision of what's going to be coming in the future. And I think that's what ties up to be. Yep.
0: So we're going to pick it up with part three the next time it's the divine plan and picks it up on page 61.
1: Okay. I'll be ready.
0: We'll see you then. (laughs) Thanks.
1: Thank you. Thanks for listening to Discovering Our Very Best Podcast. Please remember to like, subscribe, and share this podcast with friends. Remember, when there is hope in the future, there is power in the present.
0: The Rise of FM Podcast Network.